<laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I now welcome you into the most controversial wrestling podcast on the planet, the Fake Wolfpack Podcast, where we don't hold any affiliations with anybody so we can say whatever the fuck we want to, whenever the fuck we want to, however the fuck we want to. I'm your host, Starks, your local global supervillain, bent on world domination and education. <laughs> so let's start this episode off with some current WWE news and information. Um, I don't know if everybody watched Monday Night Raw this week. Uh, the last, I don't know, five to seven Monday Night Raws, in my opinion, have just been um, train wrecks. Just useless information after useless information. No storylines are really connecting in my eyes are really pushing any wrestlers forward or giving any titles really any push. Um, I really, really like what they're doing with Seth Rollins and making him the current fighting champion. Uh, if you go and you notice and you see other than Seth Rollins and Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt, which are both of both of those acts are just getting tremendous pushes. I don't see them losing anything anytime soon, even on a humbling or just a just build the storyline up. Damn it. None of those guys are losing, but we won't get any matches from Brock Lesnar. I don't think from what people are speculating and what the Internet is saying, we're not getting a Brock Lesnar match until SummerSlam or maybe not the next WrestleMania, which is sounds like a year away. That's it's real crazy. But I like what they're doing with the women's division. They're giving a lot of women's matches, but they're just aimless matches. They're going nowhere fast, which um, I really don't understand and see the point to it. But, you know, hey, each is on. Um, we're getting Roman Reigns pushed out of the way. I don't think we're going to see him in the another Money in the Bank qualifying match, which is perfectly fine with me. Um I got a feeling we're getting that Roman Reigns heel turn. So that gives everybody something to actually boo at. Um, I personally don't know why everyone is in gripes with Roman Reigns. So I think uh, for my next Monday issue, uh, I'm sorry, episode, I'm going to go back and do some more research on that. Speaking of research, as we talk this women's revolution and how it's going nowhere fast in the WWE, um, I noticed that in 2010, they switched from the women's title into the Divas title, and I feel like they did that for the Total Divas show or whatever the fuck it is. They got on E! Network to promote their women wrestler outside of wrestling. Um, nonetheless, since 1956, I believe, is when they had the first WWE women's title hold by the raping, ravishing, fabulous Moolah. <laughs> <laughs> um that was pretty interesting i didn't know that they had this title for so long and i think they had a couple um maybe a couple noticeable wrestlers throughout the throughout your of course they had some noticeable wrestlers throughout the time period but nothing to the magnitude of where we have now of 30 women superstars and we could actually have our own uh women's division um i read a rumor uh that smackdown was supposed to be an all-women's show and I'm pretty sure that's false because SmackDown came curated because of The Rock. Uh, that was The Rock's whole catchphrase. That was The Rock's show. That was the, 
the break off to give the brand so much more because you had two superstars in Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock, which could sell out arenas strictly by themselves, carry shows by themselves. So we have that going on and um, you you start to get the, the resurgence of the quote-unquote Divas division, which is nothing but a TNA show. But Trish Status really took it to the levels. When you go back and look at her matches, she was a really, really, really good wrestler. And she was decent on the microphone uh, without all the putts meddling. Don't don't get me wrong, man. I love me some naked ladies, dog. But, um, you know, I also love good entertainment, a good storyline, a good plot, some good wrestling and everything. Uh, if we can get the blend of the world, which is cool, but I think I can go watch porno. I don't need to mix it in with my wrestling. Um, but, you know, they were fighting for ratings back then, real, real tough. And I still feel like they're fighting for ratings now, but it's the PG era and they do things a lot differently. Um in my mind, I like what's happening with the women's division, but like I said, it's too many women wrestlers and only two titles. There's probably four or five factions out there now of, of women wrestlers and groups and things. They really need to implicate this women's title, tag team title, I'm sorry. Um, I think that would be something stellar for both brands. They have enough wrestlers on both sides. You got enough groups going at different things and doing different things. I think if you had the Iconics hold uh, the titles on SmackDown and you have uh, the Riot Squad with the tag team titles on um, Raw, that gives these dynamics and these characters something else to fight for. We're not getting Nia Jax matches every week. We're not getting um, Carmella matches every week, which I think is a blessing because Carmella is really not that good in the ring. That's just my opinion, but we're hopefully we get to see that sometime soon. I would like to see something like that happen in um, in SummerSlam if we can get like a tournament or something leading up to it. Uh, that would be pretty tight. But you know, to to each his own. I don't run the show. I don't make any calls. I'm just a fan, like you guys, making some speculations. Um, speaking of Nia Jax and the Raw title. She challenged Ronda Rousey out of nowhere. And I won't say out of nowhere. To me, it is a huge ratings pool. I don't know if you guys saw and heard about the the flack from Backlash where fans were walking out of that Samoa Joe and Roman Reigns match. And fans were booing almost in, you know, a good portion of that Shinsuke Nakamura and AJ Styles match, which was a no DQ match, which ended in a DQ. I don't understand how that happened. It's funny because, you know, you have a no DQ match and I go back and I watch Monday Night Raw during that Attitude Era and I watch JR get his face busted in with a fucking cinder block, dog. And you telling me these two niggas can't survive some nut shots? They're not even real, dog. You got cups on. You're doing all this different stuff to protect yourself and everything. Um, we could have just had a better show. I think the the age of creativity in the WWE is like far behind itself. 
Um, they're not pushing the envelope, which I don't think that's the only way to create. But there's so many different things and variables you can throw in. I think putting somebody through a friggin' table every time um, does not constitute as a no DQ match. Going in the, you know, a, a small portion of the crowd does not qualify as a no DQ match. Um, I'm not saying everything has to be a super hardcore match and, you know, we, everybody's got to get bloody and do this and a third, but yo, man, like we can be so creative, put some things up under the ring. Where's a trash can? You know what I mean? Where's a trash can bit at? That's so easy. It's, it's, it's real fluff material. You can do different stuff like that. You got kendo sticks. Come on, man. I know the kendo stick trick. You know, and the steel chair thing is really, really, really getting out of hand for me, in my opinion, because it's it's just a fail safe to go through. I think the last four um, pay-per-views I watched, somebody went through a table and like going through the tables nowadays is just like standard procedure. And it's so lackluster, um, you know, to each his own on the on the opinion of how less hardcore the WWE is now, but you know, whatever's clever, let those guys rock out and do what they got to do. But I would like to see some more grueling action on that note. Um, So I'm not really a fan of Nia Jax challenging Ronda Rousey out of nowhere. It's, <laughs> it's really, 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 really a, a fan grab, a money grab to try to pull some people in. Um, her being on Monday Night Raw for these, I guess she had like one speaking segment, two or three non-speaking segments. She came in, she hit somebody or whatever. Um, making her this imposing figure is, it's a good look, but if she comes out here and she beats Nia Jax, um, undeniably, and she wins this title after only one match. It's what is that really saying for the rest of the competitors in the locker room? What is that saying for uh, these guys and their creative writing skills? A, it sounds like they need to hire some more people for on this creative writing side because these plots are getting worse and worse and worse day by day. I like, I like the confidence that Nia Tax is showing. But to be honest with you, it's it's really out of place. She just came back from this bully war with Alexa Bliss. And you're talking about women's empowerment. But then you come through and you you shade Ronda Rousey into getting into the ring. I don't see where their empowerment is there. Like and she came off like a bully. It didn't it didn't seem right. I think if if Carmella challenged Ronda Rousey with the same tactic, it would have been more effective. But for the sheer fact they're going to strip Nia Jax of this title, bump Ronda Rousey up, and now you're going to have possibly two non-fighting champions on your on your uh, main brand. Yo, man, they're slipping. This is <laughs> this is giving SmackDown more of the more reason to take over and do things and. All their champions over there, to me, are a bunch of cookie cutters and superficial wannabes. I'm not really an AJ Styles fan, but he does great in the ring. I just I just don't like to cut of his jib. Like, like, on some honesty, man. I'm just not a fan of how, just how AJ Styles look, his bravado, the whole fake bullet club thing. Like, it's, 
I'm just kind of over that. And they don't even put the Bullet Club together. I don't understand why they... Well, I do understand why. It's legality issues. You're not going to get... You're, I don't think you're ever going to... I won't say ever. You don't say ever, ever on shit like that. Because, you know, eventually, man, got so much money. And things are always subject to change. So, I don't think that we're going to get a traditional Bullet Club reunion. Um, you got Gallows and Anderson. and I'm sorry, Gallows and Anders. Um, with AJ Styles on the blue brand. And you don't really get them coming in and moving around like an enforcing nature with all these nut shots, right? Going on. Them three dudes come beat up that one tall Asian guy. Are you are you telling me that Shinsuke Nakamura is scared to shit out of the bullet club with some dick punches? Word. Big bet. Let him slide. Let him go ahead and do what he's gotta do. But it just makes the whole entire group look weak and and ineffective. And I don't think that um, the the club, quote unquote, is going to overturn the Bludgeon Brothers who are just leaving a path of destruction on the tag team division. And the rest of those guys are having their own quarrels and not going after these belts and trying to do anything to stop and overturn them. Which I think would be cool if we got a, a New Day Usos team up to stop, you know, the Bludgeon Brothers. Because it doesn't seem like either one of those teams solely by themselves can do anything against these guys, against Harper and Rowan. Um The addition to Sheamus and Cesaro, the bar adds another level of comedy to the tag team division. But if you look at the the Blue Brands tag team division, it's nothing but a fucking bunch of jokes. Like, there's no, other than um, the Bludgeon Brothers, there's no serious teams. And I think the Bludgeon Brothers would have been a good combative team for Matt Hardy and um, Bray Wyatt. I think that would have been a formidable contest. That would have been some... You you would get your shades of uh, a good actual tag team fight. So I kind of would feel like... Uh, I don't know, like LOD versus Kane and, and Undertaker. I think that's, you know, that would be like that kind of a big match. It would have that type of a feel, that type of a vibe. And those storylines, I could see working together way more so than them just destroying the Usos and all of a sudden they have an, a, 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 a serious affection for black women and they get distracted by Naomi shaking her ass, which was, what in the coonery was that shit? What was that? Like, that shit pissed me off so much simply because the only way they was going to win that match is if she came out there and shook that ass. Like nobody, nobody could compete. Nobody could do anything. We decided to resort to ass shaking, but you know, I guess it's making the story better and the plot thicker. But if they keep just getting obliterated over and over again, um, them coming out of nowhere and winning these titles back is going to be more unbelievable than. It's going to be more unbelievable than. Uh, <laughs> Then that Alexa Bliss and Braun Strowman um, storyline. It's <laughs> so that's 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 my take on the Bludgeon Brothers and the whole. I want to say the whole Blue Brand. Um, I like that Carmella has gotten her shot, 
and is now, you know, your SmackDown Women's Champion. But at what cost did all this happen? And now you you lose the allure of Asuka, and now she's become a mid-carter, and she's stuck in some some weird triangle of, of whatever the fuck it is with Becky Lynch and Charlotte to face the Iconics, which don't really seem like that much of a menacing force, but um, they've they're doing so much to build up those two women. Like I said, it's you got all these women and there's one title and everybody, you know, I don't I don't understand the dynamics of it. I truly and really don't. It doesn't really seem like um like how, you know, the NWO was. We'll just take that one for example. All right. So even if the NWO didn't hold titles, they were trying to stop people from getting them. They were trying to cause more disruption. They were hurting the status quo. They pushed the limits. Now, when you have factions and groups like that and they don't hold you know, belts, that is kind of sort of what they need to do to help push forward the other storylines and help support things. SmackDown and Raw, from what I'm seeing, they have so many random, never adding up storylines. They just don't. They, they just really don't. We didn't get a excuse me. We didn't get a resolution to Braun Strowman and Alexa Bliss. Um, you don't really have a resolution to John Cena and anything. Uh, Stephanie McMahon has just been a dismal and been you know just in hiatus since she's returned uh, since uh, I'm sorry WrestleMania, and you get sort of just random matches to throw in and fill up cards like it's every event is a live event. So hopefully we get to see more congruent matches and things going in a more um, constructive light. In my mind, I think TNA does a way better job of giving wrestlers more of a linear pattern to follow with their storylines and how they go into things. Um, There's only one women's belt, but they limit their women's division to about 10 wrestlers and they're all making this straight push for the women's belt and they all have their own ideas and ideals to go for their women's belt i'm sorry their knockouts belt and even with their male wrestlers there's enough belts and enough things to hold them over and enough things to intertwine all the storylines um so you could see why there's people holding maybe one or two belts in this but there's more than one or two people trying to go after it and build something with it. You don't have a No Way Jose who is literally just out here to dance, which is cool. I'm not going to knock the man for having fun and building this fun character, but the fuck does that even do? What does that even mean? He's just a random conga line, and it doesn't help with any other story. He doesn't. He's not making himself a contender. Uh, it's... It's just hopeless and aimless wrestling and people like that. Um, Tonight, we got SmackDown. I'll probably do another episode tomorrow morning to recap on that one. I don't know if I'm going to do one for uh, NXT, but I'm going to probably wait and do a combined NXT and TNA wrestling. Um, Every week, I always make this prediction that uh, Paige is going to come out and say something about the women's tag team belts and they're going to introduce those 
Um, this week I'm not. I assume that this show is going to be nothing. You're going to get a Shinsuke Nakamura and AJ Styles match, and it's supposed to come to a resolution. Nothing is going to happen. No title changes. It's going to be a snuff match for probably 10, 15 minutes. Waste the majority of the show. I think we're going to get another Iconics tag team match because they wrestle every fucking week. And it doesn't even matter. They just wrestle and they fuck things up. And the storyline between them, Charlotte, and Carmella is just weird. I don't understand it. But hey, uh, more predictions for tonight. Um. Miz is going to enter, is going to get himself thrown more so into the United States Championship ring. Um, what else? That's about it. And Rusev is still going to get snuffed. Uh, I don't have any predictions for who's going to win Money in the Bank because I really don't fucking care. So I think we're going to end this episode on that note. Thank you for tuning in to the Fake Wolf Pack podcast. You can follow us on all social media at Fake Wolf Pack. That is Fake, F-A-K-E, Wolf, W-O-L-F, Pack, P-A-C-K. All one word follow us there. You can follow me personally on all social media at F-U-C-K underscore S-T-A-R-K-K-S. I'm your host with the most, the beast from the east, your main man. Your local and global supervillain Starks. And always, please, please remember to stay true and remember to keep killing shit. Peace.